Hi guys. Hello. Welcome back to Routine Podcast. I'm your host Kuya and I'm Amira. As promised, this week we are bringing you part 2 of our career path episode where we answer more questions related to our career journeys. Hope you guys like it. People who follow us on social media, they said that they fresh grads they just start working so they don't know how to say no. For example, they're already at their maximum capacity and then their superiors or bosses keep giving them more and more workload so they don't know how to that they can even speak up for themselves and then set boundaries. How would you advise them to handle this in a professional setting that's not emotional? How to say no? Ah, how to say no. <laughs> we 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 are still struggling by the way. <laughs> I <laughs> how to say no. Um, hmm. I think maybe for somebody who's first started, don't say no to a lot of things first. That's why I said. Like, <laughs> that's like, like, oh my gosh, that was exactly what I said in one of my lives. Like when you first start, you have to say yes first. Ah, uh, I, I, I don't. I, I definitely like what I'm about to say. I yeah. feel like it's definitely not me encouraging you to say no. That's definitely mm-hmm. not where I'm coming from. I think uh, if you are first starting out. There's going to be a lot of opportunities that you will have the time to do because you're not really doing anything too intense, right? Mm-hmm. So say yes to a lot rather than say no. But there will be occasions when you have to say no. So this like being overladen with work mm-hmm. or like something that they have a lot on their plate doesn't that sound familiar? <laughs> like everybody goes through it, and yeah, and you pointed out this guy pointed out, right like the. One of the big reasons is because we don't know how to say no, mm. and we are, we just take it on. How I have dealt with it in the past, or mm. I didn't do this early on, mind you, I was also still a dumb fuck. I think actually having an open conversation. Uh, usually, this will have to be no to your managers, right? Mm. Or uh, sometimes you have to say no to your peers if you're mm. working in a group. Correct. Correct. But if everybody is open about the amount of work. That everybody has to do. That becomes an easier conversation. Mm-hmm. I'll give you one example that I took from a career. A very mm. specific one is WIPs, weekly WIPs. Okay. Yeah, work in progress. I was so surprised that when I joined some of my companies, I'm not gonna name names actually. <laughs> These like teams do not have weekly WIPs. So mm. nobody knows what is who is doing what. Nobody knows like where the project is going and. It's just like all over the place. Right. So let me just release really in on why I think the weekly WIPs is a good way to say no. Okay. It's because you are you have a frequent check-ins with your bosses right. or your teammates. Yes. So this is when you realign what are your team goals or the company okay. goals, and uh-huh. then figure out what everybody is doing. When you have all that clear, mm-hmm. it's easier for them to say no and then to clarify why that's a no. Right. Whether it be. Not in line with what the team is going. Whether it's because you already have too much, whether it's because it's not part of your job job scope. Mm. The reason why people cannot have this conversation is because they don't actually know what they're doing. Mm. They're not proud of their work, so they're yeah. not like putting it into perspective. Like what I am mm. adding value to this team. So when mm. my boss tell me you need to do this, this, I'm like, okay, how does that add to the team goal and what yeah. I'm doing now? Is it adding? If not, right. then can you help me? Please help me prioritize. Please help. Let's do yes. it together. People think weekly WIP is a waste of time, but it is the best time for you to showcase and highlight the work that you have been doing. 
I have a question. If for people who don't understand, I've never done this weekly WIP. Uh, do you have uh, maybe for? Oh, we will insert like a template or something. Template, got, yeah, got. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, so right. I, I'm sure you have a template, but <laughs> and, yeah, I think I yeah. I will also just like to add, like, it doesn't have to be like a company-run, team-run no. WIP. It could be, your own. be for for you, your own yeah. like Excel sheet where you put in like big projects. Uh, and so the double whammy about having this just running list of what you do is when it comes to the KPI season, then ah. sometimes you, know, you have trouble like thinking like what you want to put because it's been a year since you've done this. But you have a weekly running like sheet of all the projects you do. It becomes so much easier. Mm. And when I was doing corporate, like KPI season was my shit. Yeah. I was a top A student because <laughs> I knew how to like answer the questions because uh, I already had a cheat sheet right. of everything that I done. Right. So I definitely will still do even now that I'm freelancing. I still yeah. keep right. That. Right. Maybe because you know at any point it's in time my client or my employer is asking me. What are you doing? Can I give this to you? Yeah. Oh. And I joined Shopee because it was like, I don't know, I was in project management. I was basically managing everything. Mm-hmm. My boss, what he would ask me to do, especially during COVID, was like every day we'll have a call uh, with him at 10 a.m. So we'll, every day we would present our our to-do list, which is our WIP. We have our date, task, deadline, and then we would categorize it. So say for example, by priority, like prioritize it, right? So I have 10 tasks that I have to do and then I will categorize it. He told me to categorize P1 to P10 and then he wants to add another 10. So now you want me to do 20 things. I only have 24 hours in a day and I can work 16 hours max. I need to sleep. So out of these 20 tasks, which is the P1 to P5 that I can finish by the end of this week and then the rest, mm-hmm. I will put it on the back burner for now. And then he sat down with me. He said, okay, so P1 to P5, you give me by this week. Then it's fine. That I feel was the very important message on how to say no but without making it be like oh, i don't want to do it i'm so stressed you know yeah. instead of just saying it like that you just say i'm at my maximum capacity because i'm doing these 10 things based on my p1 to p10 i can do another 10 but yeah recategorize and prioritize and you work with it you basically delegate it back upwards to him to your boss to, like, right? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah i love that yeah yeah so you want me to do all these things but yeah. you let me know because i'm only human yeah Another one I want to jump off of that is yeah. asking for deadlines. Yeah. Ask your boss, when do you need this by? Yes. You know, bosses and I as a manager also sometimes fall. Same. <laughs> I just want this, 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 this. Okay? Just yeah, get it yeah. done. Yeah. But then when I ask, okay, can do. When do you need it by? Yeah, yeah. So then people are just like not taking your time for granted. as if yeah. I have all of this time to be doing yeah. this stuff for you. Yeah. But let's work together. Yeah. So yeah, it's not like a hard no. Yeah. Prioritization. Yeah. Prioritization. And you're not doing the prioritization. You're kind of like bringing back to your boss yeah. into the conversation. Because sometimes yeah. bosses like our, like we were, we were managers, right? So we also forget like what our teammates are. <laughs> like we just keep on saying, sometimes I have this habit of like, if I like rely on this person, I know he's super reliable. I'll just give more to him because I know he'll get it done. Uh, and then he's bad. like, oh, yeah, you can, you, you can, I can do it. But like, I have like all these other things that you assigned to me yesterday. And I'm like, oh yeah, forgot about that. So we can yeah. be VIP or like just yeah. catching up, right? To yeah. like make sure everybody's on the same page. For uh, sure. I also, the thing about weekly WIP is sometimes I find that we work on things that actually don't matter. <laughs> yeah. So to avoid that, 
that's why catching up and like making sure everybody's in touch with what yeah. the other person is doing. And before you do it, like usually for for me, what I learned when I was in Shopee because I spent, I was just too afraid of my boss sometimes because he's so busy. So I would do like a skeleton. Uh, based on our discussion, like he will say, okay, this is what I want from you, blah, blah, blah. I'll draw out the skeleton. I'll be like, okay, I'll present it something like this format, but obviously I'll expand it and then he'll take a glance at it and he'll say, okay or no. That way I know I'm yeah. in the right direction, right? To, to save time. Great, great suggestion. How important is your manager slash mentor, especially, uh, you know, when you first started working? My first manager, I think, is really, really important because he, he kind of sets the tone for hmm. me on how I should behave at work. Oh, this was in Astro. This was this was my Astro. I, I work different okay. types, but when I say like my first like yeah. I guess great yeah. boss. One of the lessons I learned from him, you know, when somebody's on when your team member is on leave, that person is on leave. It doesn't matter oh. what you have to do, that person is on leave. And I learned that from him. So when I was on leave, he respected me. When he was on leave, I respected him. So not every work that I do, whether it's somebody I'm managing or my bosses, I have that same role. Your first manager sets, because you're fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never experienced working before. So you're, you are like, you know, like you're like That's a- fun. Yeah. yeah, you're like a toddler. You know, you're just yeah. like learning everything. And I think the first manager sets, yeah, like sets an example and hopefully you have a good one. Uh, yeah. Or even if it's a good one and a bad one. I think all bad men, even bad managers you learn you a good lesson. Yeah, for sure. Of how you do not want to Yeah, be. yeah. Not just your first manager, but in general managers or mentors that you have within uh, your industry, your career, or work mm-hmm. life. It's a great place for open and mm-hmm. honest feedback mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the professional work that I do and most of the time obviously with the managers they are a lot more experienced yeah (sighs) you know if you want to if you want to climb up the corporate ladder being good in good terms with your manager and also making sure that person is a it's likable in the company yeah that will sort you out like really like your life will become so much easier for promotions for like salary increases because like it's your manager who will fight for you yeah I agree. I have been fortunate. I think in my first job, I had a really, really good one and I okay. saw the benefits of it. It's, it's good for me lah, because, yeah. you know, when I am managing a team as well, like the characteristic that I definitely want to want, want, want to be. Uh, my first mentor was uh, SC, so she was very nice. Uh, basically, it depends on luck as well because whether or not you hit it off with your manager, again, it's luck. You know, it's yep. your personality, what your interest. Sometimes, you know, you like running, she likes running, okay. You have something in common, no. but sometimes you just don't. Uh, I was a people pleaser. So I will bend myself to, to fit into whatever the manager wants me to be. So far, because of that, I always get along with all my managers. And I was always the goody to shoe that they always kind of value. Because I gave up a, a lot of myself to, to fit into that mold, which I am not advised. Like looking back, I feel sometimes I gave a bit too much. Because I didn't know who I was. Like when I was younger, I didn't know what kind of person I want to be or like the kind of characters that I like or I don't like. So whatever is good, according to my manager, I will be that. There, there are some pros to it. Like again, my promotion was a lot easier. Bonus and increment, career discussion, progression was a lot easier, but at an expense of me kind of losing myself. So if I were to advise people on like, having that establishing that relationship with their mentor, which I think is critical because Amira mentioned, it does ease up a lot of things like promotion, like, you know, your work quality will improve because they like you. They will spend some time to guide you. Ultimately, right, people are human. So they will, people have favorites. That's normal. So it's good to be somebody's favorite who will fight for you in the promotion. 
what would you do differently? Basically, if I see that my manager likes certain things, I will try to accommodate because I wouldn't want to just piss them off for no reason. I will do like professional things that they value. Okay, but like personal things in terms of like hobbies and all those things, I wouldn't, if I don't enjoy it, I would not do it just for the sake of building or strengthening the relationship with my boss. I picked up running uh, in SC because my bosses love to run and I felt like I need to run because, you know, I need to show her that like, you know, I can run too. Just to be, I was young, I was foolish. If, yeah. if you didn't do that, would that yeah. have been a detriment to your career? No, it wouldn't because she's quite objective as well. But I just I just felt like I had to be like, I knew I was already in her good books, but I just wanted to be more. Yeah, I need to be like her. And then when I moved to PwC, I was a bit more sure of who I was. Again, like I was again wanting to prove myself. There was no direct mentor per se. My director, he was quite harsh on me. He was the one who was giving me a hard time about English and that he was very different. So he was very organized and structured and he likes to impose a lot of it on me. And I'm just not a structured person when I work. I have a different style. I was beating myself up because I wasn't like structured. So I was like trying to be structured. You know, like I would do, push myself out to be structured, which is good because I did learn a lot of things. And then when he left, I got another director who was exactly like me. He's even more, he's like, he's not organized. He's like very like a free spirit and we get along really well and he gets things done too, but in his own way. So that made me realize that you just have to kind of find your style of working. It's okay. Like me and my first boss, the American guy, although we didn't get along, I gave him the output that he wanted. Although our working styles were completely different, like I wasn't as super nice and as like, you know, people, a pushover. In SE, I was 100%, I was a pushover. But in PwC, got better. For example, my desktop is very messy. You know, <laughs> Amira would not like this. It's like very messy. My boss is like, <laughs> my boss literally opened my laptop. He was like, oh my God. I said, yeah. This is how I work. Don't question me. And he said, I'm not saying anything. So like, I think I think as you get older, you'll be more com- comfortable with your working style and the fact that there's no right or wrong way. Obviously, the more structured approach people, from my experience, people look at those kind of people highly. Running off from what you said, mm. people find structured yeah. and organized people highly, which is yeah. true. I do yeah, right? people like you that. And I'm that. Mm. I think it's because a work that is organized and structured is easy to be understood mm. by somebody else. Mm. Maybe you have to pass the project, whatever. Mm. But I don't think they are reacting to like how structured it is. They are reacting like, oh, okay, I understand this. Ah, so how to, somebody, okay. so I'm, that's why I'm saying like, it's not that you have to be organized and structured. Uh, say you you know are a bit more you like to explore creatively when mm. you're doing your work so mm. it's a bit more like a mind map yeah it's not as easy to understand as a third person but if you are able to still convey that again yeah. for me at the end of the day if people get the message regardless of how you deliver it yeah then it's still good so i think yeah if you are somebody who is not organized uh, or not structured and templated and all mm. that but at the end of the day if you know, your boss is able, you know, the output is still there and it's easy to understand and people yeah. can like execute it. Yeah. That's all that matters, bro. Yeah, like how you hell yeah. you get there. It's how, how you get there. Yeah. That's, what, that's what I realized in Shopee. Like I told my boss like, I can do it his way or I can do it my way, but the outcome is the same. Mm-hmm. What you did also comes from years of experience. Yeah, of for sure. You yeah. knowing what works for you and then mm-hmm. you being able to stand by it and say mm-hmm. that, don't worry, I'll, I'll get it done. I'm just not going to go 
your way. Do yeah. it your way. Yeah. However, for somebody who first starts, yeah, that probably will not be an option. Yeah. For them. Correct. Correct. In that case. Yeah, I mean, I have never on. been, I have not always been organized and structured. I okay. learned it okay. as well. Oh, okay. So okay. give it a try. Maybe like, you'll end up liking it because yeah. that's what happened to me. Moving on to this is a bit more admin. Like, do you know how do you calculate to do your taxes and your EPF? And, you know, say, for example, your starting salary. My starting salary was 3200 uh, I thought I was going to get 3200 banked into my bank account. <laughs> And then when my first salary was banked into my bank account, I was like, oh, two eight? Why? Why two eight? Then I realized then uh, basically there's a gross pay and then your net pay. And then uh, basically how I figured out what's the EPF, the so, so all of that. I just used this template, which I will link. It's a PCB calculator that I will link in the YouTube video where you can put in your month, a monthly salary and they will automatically calculate your net pay. So if you're First starting pay is 3500 I believe now that's the range for fresh grads. You will probably get about 3000 about 20%. Mm. Yeah, 3000 ringgit net accredited into your bank account. And then in terms of LHDN, filing, taxes, how, how do you learn that? Okay, this is well, uh, your first, your first yeah, question yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in terms of EPFs also mm, and mm, all that. I did know, and I okay. think it's just uh, when I first started, but I think okay. it's the function because I, was, I have been working time whatever since okay. i was 17 18. okay so okay. i've seen it before i knew tax and all that good stuff so okay. it wasn't a surprise however just on that note that one of the important things that i think i would suggest is that your payslip look at it ah yeah look at your payslip and understand what that money represent mm -hmm. so 3200 was money in and mm -hmm. then it minus what what is that what yeah. is that minus for? What is that one? Don't be scared of the pace that you have to look at it and, every, and keep it every month. You mm. start seeing every month what are the differences and then maybe mm. you get commission or, you know. Right. So knowing, under, don't look at your payslip as just another paper. Mm. Understand mm. what goes into the payslip. Oh, wow. And okay. I think that would help you then, you know, understand how many percentage of SOXO, how much are you putting in your EPF, how much right. your company is putting into your EPF. So the first step, if you don't know what the hell we're talking about right now, yeah. that payslip that you get every month, look yeah. at it. Another one, EPF. How did you have get your EPF number and your number cukai pendapatan? Do you remember? Because my brother, uh, my little brother was asking me, I forgot. He was asking me about how do you get, um, because he was uh, basically offered a job and then they asked him, um, provide EPF number, account number, yeah. right? And then he, so he probably doesn't have any. He, 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 he was working in Starbucks part-time. So he, what he did was he forgot that he had EPF. So he went to KWSP punya kiosk. You type in your IC number. They will let you know whether you have a, a KWSP number or not. And then you mm -hmm. have that. So he realized that when he went to a kiosk, he realized that he had an EPF number from Starbucks. Then he used that amount. And now also you can check your EPF that, uh, amount in your EPF account um, through the EPF website or an app. Yeah, right. I do it. I do all my tax, EPF, everything online. So yeah. when you say like go to the kiosk, yeah, like, yeah. Okay, he, he was kiosk? like, yeah. yeah, there's like plenty of kiosks. People still go to kiosks, we post like kiosk. Yeah, yeah. I think right? it's yeah. necessary. Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah, everything can be done online. online. The tax one was uh, funny <laughs> in terms of like how to file it. Uh, I did pay tax for a few years, I think, because you of did my it? bracket. Oh, but the first year, you can. Uh, I thought you above 2k you have to pay. No. No, I think it's oh. above 3k. 
Oh. My starting salary was $2,500. And oh. I was on that salary. See? I know, girl. <laughs> For okay, the first okay. like, couple of years, I was on that salary. So I, I never paid. I never had to pay tax. Oh. But then the first year that I had to pay tax, <laughs> the person who helped me, and I, I'm still really good friends with her, is our office secretary. You know, we were friends at that point and she knew that I was first timer. It's sort of like, an extra skill that you have to learn. It's like imagine yeah. if you're in school, right? And you have like math class, mm. English class. I think you should have text class to understand. Yeah. And text doesn't have to be scary. It's not yeah. scary at all. Actually, all this exemption is for you to get more money back. Correct. It's not that you have to pay more money. Some people actually think knowing all this thing means that you have to pay more tax. No. no. Sometimes you get, back, you get it back. Yeah. You get more money back, right? It's for you. What happened to me? I was audited by LHDN. Mm. Because yeah, I didn't pay. I didn't, okay. You didn't pay? I didn't know that. I, so I was under your impression, right? I thought my gaji, 3-2, tak lepas because my net was 2-8. So I thought I didn't okay. have to pay. So my first year, I know the first, apparently when you first started working, your first year, you don't have to pay. That was what my friends told me. Uh, so okay. I thought, okay lah, first year I didn't pay. Second year, all my friends were doing it. And then I was just like, Allah, it's, a, it's that thing like finance. So I was scared, right? I was like, Ah, like must do it ke? Don't like, no lah, don't lah, don't lah. So I know the deadline is April. Usually you can start filing February, then April, mm-hmm. I think the deadline, 30th April. Third year of working, I got this letter from LHDN. It was, you have to go to LHDN within 14 days when you got, yeah. when you get this letter and sort this out. If not, tindakan makamah akan diambil bullshit. And that if you, because you didn't declare, you have to pay this penalty, which is like yep. 6,000 or something. And I literally cried. I didn't tell my dad. So what I did was I went the next day I went went to the LGN office to cut publica and then the guy at the counter taught me everything on that day itself. He was like, oh, okay, okay, you need to print Boram BE, which is on everything is on the LGN website. Create like an e-dafta, like your e-online account. And then um, he looked at my pay slip and then he looked at my salary. And even was the first two to three years, I was supposed to get money back because I overpaid. It's just that right. I didn't declare it, right? So mm-hmm. then I learned through him. And then after that, years after that, I started uh, filing it because yeah. of what he thought. It's not me. that difficult. Yeah. Right? yeah, it's not that difficult. <laughs> I was just scared. I was like, hey, yeah. and apparently now, uh, the LHDN, they're auditing your filing from seven years ago. Do you still have the receipts for seven years ago? Yeah, so also oh, one of the advice. So yeah. aside from that, when I was working in Astro, every mm. year they invite LHDN oh. to our company to just do a talk. And talk wow. about this year's tax filing and all that. And it's up to it's not a mandatory course, right, but you right. can go and just listen. Wow. So yeah, that's why actually a lot of the LGN guys are actually oh. very helpful. And right. you can uh, so they come every year. So I right. could ask everything like the sport yeah. shoes goes into this. What about if oh. I go scuba diving? <laughs> but you keep your receipts for seven years. I do, oh I do. Oh um so I have a phone. <laughs> I <Damn>. have a phone. <laughs> I don't even have service. Because they say up to 10 years. I was just like, good luck lah, fellow they audit me. <laughs> okay, that I have been using for I think about 5 years already. Yeah. 5 to 6 years. I have an app. <laughs> wow. It's called Cam Scanner. Okay. So every time I buy something that could be a... Rebate. Could be a... What do you call it? Uh, rebate. You can, no. Rebate, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll take a picture of the receipt straight away. I always have a soft copy on my phone. So then, and I will do it as I go along. It's not that like, oh, it's tax season now. I'm trying to find all my books. Yeah, that's what I do. But it's a habit, right? So yeah. every time now, I think, you know, we, there are different uh, rebates that you can get. Oh, yeah. Not rebates. What do you call that? 
It's not rebates. It's not rebates, it? right? It's like the ああ、ディダクションああ、ディダクションいや、ディダクションいや、ディダクションいや、ディダクションいや、ディダクションいや、ディダクションいや、ディダクションいや、ディダクションいや、ディダクションいや、ディダクションいや、ディダクションいや、
Mm. But office politics is maybe that's a wrong word, but just managing people is yeah. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, in life, not mm. just in corporate. In life, mm. Mm. corporate gives you like a fast yeah fast track yeah, <laughs> yeah fast track. <laughs> track into like how to manage people, and I mean it's a great skill. Of course, it can be painful as yeah. well going learning about this, but it is definitely a plus point in corporate, and you won't do you won't really get that as much if you are working. Uh, online on your own. Yeah, uh, you'll I get agree. it to a lesser degree, like, I guess, because yeah. you're not really working in a big team most yeah. of the time. And then you have like set timings. Yeah. Oh, something depending on the company. Depending on the company, but in general, but according to the law, <laughs> you have eight hours plus one hour break. That's how. You know, That's what they say. <laughs> Personally, for me as well, working corporate, it's easy for me to detach. Ah, it's not. I do, I look at it as you know, there's professional Amira and then there's there's personal Amira. Mm. So it was a bit more easy for me to um, blur the line, uh, not blur the lines, to like cut the lines when mm. I, I go. Whereas when you're starting your own business or doing freelancing, it's very project based, and you know you're not getting a salary at the end of the month. You need yeah. to get that shit done. So if you yeah. don't get that shit done, you don't yeah. get that money. But at the same time, you work at your own schedule. Yeah. And you're not, nobody's telling you what to do. Nobody's telling you you need to be at a certain place. So there is flexibility in that way. You know, with corporate also, you know, the company has a vision. The company has a goal, a direction that they want to go to. And you have to be really lucky that those goals are in line with your own personal one. And you find a company that yeah. is like that. More often than not, yeah. it doesn't. So, more often than not, it's not. Um, mm. If you are freelancing or doing your own thing, you can control yeah. all that. When in my 20s, I feel like because I didn't know much about the world and everything else in general, like corporate gave me that I could learn uh, in an environment from people who have been in that industry for like 10, mm-hmm. 20 years. So it gave me that exposure, one thing. So I feel like in your 20s, it, it's super useful because you can learn like, all the skills like people management, and then another big thing is that it pushes you outside of your comfort zone. Things that you wouldn't even do if you were like, if you, if you were given the choice, you wouldn't do. But because you're working, you have to do it. For example, I was traveling in PwC. I had to go to like, you know, rural areas like Bintulu or Sabah to visit all these places and deal with people from various backgrounds, from Americans in Texas to like people in like Bintulu who can't speak English. So like I was like basically thrown out of my comfort zone. That's where I realized I, I grew the most from being outside of my comfort zone. Whereas I feel like if working with myself or whatever, I wouldn't have pushed myself that hard because I, I was in corporate, they pushed me. I feel like the discipline to wake up, show up to work, and then the, uh, the grit basically to just keep on hustling, that also you learn because that is a skill to like continue grinding and it's a great uh, like you know you have to have the grit to like even though people telling you your work is not good enough or like blah 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 you're not good enough but you push through and that builds you yourself like your muscle to makes you more to make you more like durable basically i think corporate will make toughen toughen me up especially because i was very protected as a child so yeah so i think in the corporate world was where i saw the real world you know like how harsh people can be. And the con, the biggest one for me is that you lose your sense of identity. When I first started as well, I didn't know much. So I didn't have that sense of identity. I did know who I was to an extent, but 
I feel like I was just so hung up on focusing my bo- pleasing my bosses and like pleasing achieving that company goal, right? Maybe I didn't believe in the company goal, but I wanted to believe. I I I liked to myself to believe it and like make myself believe it. So in that process, I feel like I lost who I was because I was kind of numb. I wasn't feeling fulfilled. Like I I can do the job, but I get very stressed and a bit numb. I I struggle to set boundaries. It was my fault. I feel that I when I have my full time job. I usually just focus on my full-time job. So without my full-time job, I didn't do anything else. I didn't do ho- my hobbies, my other interests. But I was just like, okay, I need to be good at my job. And then on weekends, I just pass out and sleep and whatever. That's how I lost myself as well. So I think now in my next job, I want to be more balanced. Like corporate job is one part of me, but it doesn't define who I am. Like I have other aspects of my life, my hobbies, my interests, my side projects. So having side projects. And doing your hobbies will still be part of me, whether I have a job or not. When I was younger, yeah. mm. I felt that my career or my job mm. was all of me, mm. was the big part of who I am, mm. and so I need to really invest in it and really believe in it, and know what I'm good. And that's I also. My personality. I put a lot of hard work, hard, 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 mm-hmm. hard, mm-hmm. hard, hard into something. Mm-hmm. And while that is admirable, it can also be dangerous mm. because your career doesn't have to be everything that yeah. is about yeah. you. Yeah. So I feel that I got into a point in time in my career as well that I try. Okay, let's see if my career can just be something that I get money for. Mm. And try other things, yeah. um, because I know that there are people out there who treat, who do see their career yeah. that way, and I think that is completely okay yeah. as well. Because Correct. you have other things outside that you wanna, you know, your life yeah. is not just about your career. Yeah, so get this through your head. But if it is again, everybody's so different. Okay if it too. is, yeah. it's fine. If it's not, but I was, you know, career was a big thing in my life, and then. I felt that I wasn't very passionate about it anymore. Now it's like, okay, let me just stick to this. I was getting good salary. Let's see if like my career can just be something that I get from nine to six, you know,、mm. and I work on the things. About、uh, two years in, I realized that I just, I couldn't do that because、mm. the person who I was, I need to believe that what I do at work from Monday to Friday, nine to six p.m. makes a difference or means something, and that's just a personality trait that I have. Okay. So treating my career as something that is giving me salary only was not for me. Okay, I needed to find something that gave me meaning, fulfillment. Okay, and gave me reason to kind of like wrap it up. What I'm saying, there isn't really one way or the other to like have your career. Yeah. So this is what I'm trying to kind of share. Some people think your career is their number one priority, and that's fine. Some people think of it as number eight priority, and、yeah. that is fine as well. You need to kind of have that conversation yourself and ask where it sits. Experiment, perhaps, because that's what I did. Only then to find out that、yeah. I cannot, that、like, I cannot take my career as just something I do to make money. Ah, I, I cannot. It doesn't.、Okay. It doesn't gel with me. I just. I feel. That I am not Amira. Okay. So because of that, now you know, ten years of working, now I am a bit clearer on the guide on what kind of jobs that I want to do, what kind of roles I want to apply for. 
but that took like a while a bit yeah for me experimenting to get and learning right yeah, yeah. To this point yeah, yeah yeah and i came from the mindset that there's only one way to do things and then mm. 10 years later i'm like there's so many opportunities so many. like limitless of what can you do so that is the only thing I, w- I wouldn't even say that i wish i knew it back then i felt yeah. that i needed to go through what i went through yeah to get to this yeah yeah so maybe the answer is that there is no answer there is no right or wrong <laughs> yeah yeah there's no, yeah, right, there is or no wrong. right or wrong ultimately you have to experiment and try new things that's why if you're not happy at something take the risk and try something else i know it's yeah. easier said than done especially in your 20s i feel like that's where you because you don't have a lot of commitment maybe you're not married yet you don't have kids yet you don't have all this stress yet <laughs> which will come in your <laughs> but you know but like so that's when you can experiment and think like okay this is what I want to try so that's why you should also uh, have other a bit of other things that like your hobbies continue pursuing your hobbies right like so that you you know that you have other things as well like a, a bit more of like harmony work life harmony yeah and I some think. people their hobbies is their career yeah and, and that's fine too that's a path to Okay, that's the end of our episode for today. I hope it helps. Yeah. Just because people don't really talk about, you know, people talk about getting that great job. And that's it. But then once you get it. <laughs> girl, it's only the beginning. It's only the, begi- it's only the beginning. The job. Yeah, yeah. The job, it's only the beginning. Yeah, the hard part is actually doing the job, not actually getting the job. <laughs> Right, you know, you don't have to can relax. No. Yeah, and I think that's also like at least for me, I got the job, so yeah. they must have seen something for me. So I must show them that, that I know what I'm doing. Mm. But I don't know what I'm doing, and I, that I, I was embarrassed to ask questions sometimes. Or ah. then you say that you know this attitude of always learning. I mm. think that is great, and no matter whether you're twenty, you're thirty, mm. you're forty-five, you're sixty-five. This attitude of there's always something to learn yeah. is, I think, so admirable. In one of my TikToks, someone said that, because I did like a skit where like uh, me, when I was younger, I thought that I would have my life together by the time I hit 30. But then when I'm 30, well, now I'm over 30 and I'm still like, still figuring shit out. <laughs> like we all are. <laughs> when I was younger, I want to have my life together, life together, whatever that means by a certain age, but I think now my mindset is a bit like, yeah, I will learn new things until I die. I feel that now that I'm 10 years in the career game, Uh (laughs) I feel there's a lot more things I don't know Mm. than the things I knew, I I know. Because back then, I just feel like, oh, I know all the shit. (laughs) I know how to do this. And then like 10 years later, I'm like, huh, I don't know a lot of shit. We're still learning. Like at every age, every decade, we're still learning. Manage your expectations of what adulthood is as well, right? For fresh grads. Because we I had that vision that, oh, when I'm 30, I'll be like, I have this house, I have that, children, whatever. But now, wow. Shit happens. Shit happens. We talk about this a lot. Like, hashtag life is hard. Life is hard. The sooner you realize it and just be okay Accept with it, it, the better yeah. you are at solving your problems in life. Just True. take it as a default. Life is going to be hard. Yeah. But it will be fun to yeah. like get through all these challenges. So yeah. thank you guys. Bye. See you guys on the next Bye-bye. episode. Bye.